my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys had a fantastic, safe, blessed weekend. I had a great time with my kids and hung out with them and got to run around and do some stuff. And, you know, it was definitely a good time. The weather down here in Florida with the pollen, it's been interesting. A lot of people have been having more allergy issues. I brought this up last week. Everybody I talked to, and I've encouraged people to be sure to check out the website if you're looking at different supplements, including the GHI cleanse and the turmeric force really helps reduce inflammation response. And also the vitamin E, which is on sale for product of the week right now, incredibly good for cholesterol, for blood pressure, also fantastic for cardiovascular system health overall. So be sure to check that out on sale for 15% off. And another few tips I wanted to give everyone, if you've been having issues with current seasonal allergies right now, one of the biggest things you want to do is limit the amount of inflammatory food that you're putting in your body. That also can be dairy. A lot of times people that are having inflammation or uh, issues with allergies, dairy is something you pretty much want to cut out of the diet for at least the time being until you get your inflammation and allergies under control. And I mean pretty much any and all dairy. Also, too, you want to make sure you're eating a very good, adequate amount of high fiber vegetables, making sure your digestive system is cleaned out. You're not having any issues as far as with the colon. Also to make sure you're staying away from sugar. That's another one that's very inflammatory as well. Sugar is not going to help your allergies one bit. And also make sure you're drinking adequate water to keep your system flushed out and continually removing toxins out of the body. I've said this before and I've many people follow this. So does dad. So do I. I've done it for years and years and years. Is it Every time, first thing in the morning, or basically before I go to bed, I'll have a big tumbler of water. And so if I wake up in the middle of the night or something, I'm thirsty, i got a little bit of water beside me. But the primary reason is when I wake up in the morning and it's time to wake up, I will immediately go and usually down that water. And it's usually about, about 20 ounces of water or so, and I'll drink that first thing in the morning. That is extremely important because what it does is not only is it begins to rehydrate your body – because you've essentially been fasting from water for the last six, seven, eight hours for the most part. You've lost a lot of water as well through your breath, because you think about it, you know, when you're sleeping six, seven, eight hours, you're not drinking any water. That'd be equivalent of not drinking any water from noon until eight o'clock at night, so to speak. Granted, you're not nearly as active. You're not, you know, running around. You're not outside. You're not sweating. However, you're still losing a lot of water through your breath. And so when you get that water back in your system, you get your digestive system woke up, you get your kidneys flushed out, and you start to expel toxins first thing in the morning, which is very, very important. So those are a few things you can do to overall health and also to mitigate and help out with allergies right now, seasonal allergies as they have gotten bad, I've noticed this year. And strangely enough, I saw more footage of over in um, California now. They're saying over a million people in total are without powers. Blackouts and blizzards are leaving Americans stranded. Uh, this is very strange to see that this level of snow that we're watching in certain areas, while other areas of the country are hot, humid, and, you know, no rain whatsoever. We've got other parts of the countries that are literally being just unloaded as far as with snow on top of them. So this is another reason why I've always encouraged people. It's very, very important to have a game plan, a backup plan, especially in situations like this, being able to have adequate heat and the ability to heat things up and backup food. You know, you start having road snow and iced out, you're not going to be going to the store. Most people that live in these kind of areas that get this kind of weather occasionally, they're usually pretty self-sufficient. And uh, But, you know, more and more people nowadays are starting to kind of live on that just-in-time lifestyle 
where, you know, oh, I need something. Okay, we'll run to the store tomorrow. We'll go get this for a day or two, and then we'll run to the store again tomorrow and get this. Oh, we'll run to the store the next day and go get this. And in reality, that's not the best practical way to live in most cases. I've told people before, in my personal opinion, I always recommend at minimum have the ability to have at least a month worth of stored food in your house and preferably you know, dried food or a uh, food bucket style food where if something were to occur, you and your entire family have at least a full one month supply of food without having to reduce caloric intake to a horrific amount. You know, I've seen and I've told people this before, especially with our food buckets. You know, our food buckets are right under about 20,000 calories for organic. That certified USDA organic food buckets right at about 20,000 calories. So, if you are the average person that you know you are wanting to eat around 1800 to 2000 calories a day and that's what you're going to need to maintain size and strength, you're looking, you know, at one of those food buckets lasting you about 10 days for an adult on that average caloric intake. So three buckets for one adult is about the average number. Be very cautious on a lot of other food buckets on the market. A, a lot of them are loaded up with MSG and all types of preservatives, toxins, high fructose corn syrup. I mean, just garbage. And most of them are all just straight like starch. They'll put potato starch, corn starch, you know, and they're just – they're nothing. They're literally filler that a lot of other companies don't want to use, and so they just dump them into a bag, throw it in a bucket, and sell it for 100 bucks. Granted, it's cheap. It's horrible food. Secondly, a lot of these buckets will say things on them like a four-week supply or a three-week supply or five-week supply of food. I don't claim that, nor do I have that on any of the buckets we have for that specific reason I just brought up a second ago due to caloric intake. Every single person is going to have a different caloric intake, and when you start claiming that a bucket's going to last somebody for four weeks, I did one of the average buckets that's on the market that I've seen nowadays that are the four-week bucket. And I looked at it, and I think it was somewhere around like 30,000 calories of just pretty much nothing. And I looked at it, and I was sitting there going, dude, if you try to run that, you know, for four weeks, you know, 28 days or 31 days, however you want to factor that in, you're only looking at about 1,000 calories a day. And if you're active and you're running around or you have a blizzard or you're trying to shovel snow or you're trying to fight off a fire or you have a hurricane or you're outside chainsawing trees, I can promise you as a grown adult, 1,000 calories a day is not going to do very well for you after a couple of weeks. You're going to start getting very, very tired. You're going to start getting very, very weak if you're starting to have a lot of extra activity that you're not used to or even if you are used to, you're outside all day. So base your food intake preparation and stacking based on what, how many calories you would actually need for you and your family and not just listen to the little ridiculous two, three, four-week, five-week supplies. Actually do the math on them. I encourage you to do that on a regular basis. Also, too, in other news, switching gears, this is something that I thought was very interesting and not surprising at all now as he has become very, very vocal. Russell Brand, who's a movie star who's not really – been putting any movies anymore he's pretty much been excommunicado on all movies because he's gotten very vocal he made it on cnn the other day or excuse me on nbc with bill uh, maher's real time who's becoming more vocal about a lot of stuff that's happening it was interesting he was kind of debating john heelman who's an nbc commentator who's total far left liberal and uh Russell Brand came out and he said it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are anything different than that is exhibited on NBC. He goes, it's difficult to suggest these corporations operate as anything other than total mouthpieces for their affiliate owners, including BlackRock and Vanguard, who own all of you. 
He went on to say here, it's propagandist nutcrackery. Do you think you can improve America by determinately basically going on and disavowing Fox News when NBC and Fox and CBC are all essentially the exact same participating in the same game? And it was interesting because this uh, Hillman came out and said, you don't have a single actual fact. I like to hear a provable example of anybody on NBC being, you know, pr- spreading out false news. And he goes, I got a perfect example. The ludicrous, outrageous criticism of Joe Rogan and anyone else that talked about ivermectin, deliberately referring to it as horse medicine when they knew it was an effective medicine and it has been for decades. Or Rachel Maddow turning on the TV saying, if you take the COVID shot, you're not getting COVID. When it hadn't been clinically trialed whatsoever to prevent COVID, and now we're seeing all these side effects from it. And he was going off. I was actually very impressed with him as far as his knowledge base because I didn't really know he was that uh, vocal as far as in the alternative media, so to speak, now. and uh, But he nailed it on the head, and he's one of the first individuals I've actually heard on TV who has directly called out BlackRock and Vanguard now. And a lot more people you talk to are starting to realize that these corporations – these couple of them at the very top that we bring up on a regular basis, it's turned into a full-blown monopoly in the United States. Even though monopolies were technically illegal now, it doesn't matter. They're a straight-up monopoly. When you have companies that own every single company, and there's only two or three of them, and they own all the railways, and they own all the corporations, and they own all the pharmaceutical companies, and they own all the biotech food companies, and they own all the news media companies, you start to realize that the level of propaganda that they need to collude together isn't very difficult when they cut the checks and when they make sure all the companies get paid. Yeah, kind of shows you what's really happening. And with the hypocrisy that we've seen now with this entire shot, even stokes it further with a lot of people that are now extremely irritated about Novak uh, Dvokic, uh, Dvokic. I don't know how to spell his last, say his last name, D-J-O-K-O-V-I-C. He's now withdrawn from the Miami Open and the U.S. Open because he's still been banned from entering the United States because he refuses to take the COVID vaccine. Now, Novak is by far, and they've stated, he's pretty much the number one tennis player in the entire world. And he's requested to go to the U.S. Open and the Miami Open, and U.S. Uh, said, no, you've got to get a shot if you want to come to this country. And he said, no, I'm not getting the shot. The thing doesn't work. It's unbelievably dangerous. It's not safe. People are dropping dead from it. I am the best player in the world. I'm not getting the shot. They said, nope. We're not giving you a visa to get in the country. So he has now formally withdrew from the Miami Open and the U.S. Open, which, you know, it becomes a sad state of affair now when you have an unbelievably unconstitutional, illegal vaccine mandate that's keeping people out of this country for three years now to play professional sports. Yet you have millions of individuals who have come in via the southern border that have now been given pretty much complete asylum transported to all parts of the country with no shots, I might add, with no inspections, I might add, with no health no health understanding whatsoever as far as screening them and putting them in houses, putting them in apartments, putting them in hotels in New York, giving them pretty much free food, free cell phones, free subsidies, free everything. And yet you have one of the best tennis players, if not the best in the entire world, has not been able to enter the United States for three years now because he doesn't want to take the COVID death jab, rightfully so. That shows you right there how hypocritical our entire country has become on this aspect. So just something to look at. But, you know, it's sad he's not going to be able to play. But on the other hand, too, I can't 
I can't knock him. I absolutely have to applaud him for his convictions on this. You know, I figured with his stature by now, he probably would have gotten some type of, you know, passport, COVID passport, or just gotten a fake one like I've heard of other celebrities and Hollywood athletes or Hollywood individuals getting. Uh, but I guess he flat out said, I'm not getting that. I am not going to even pretend that I've got the shot because I'm not getting it, period. So got to applaud him for that. Standing on his conviction, another prime example of somebody that is holding to what they truly believe, and I have to give him a standing ovation for that, Dad. What do you think? Well, the fact that he hasn't got a fake shot and basically coming to the United States to play the game, uh, you, have to, you have to admire him. You really do. Uh, you know, yesterday I was in church. I went to Lutheran Church yesterday, and I spoke to one of the song leaders over there, and I asked her, I said, uh, you know, have you had the COVID shot? Just, we were talking about different stuff because I got there way too early for a reading that I was supposed to do before the congregation. And she says, oh, no, I would never do that. She says, I've had a lot of smart people tell me not to do that. And I looked at her, I kind of smiled, and I said, pretty smart, too, that you listen. She goes, well, there's many side effects of this thing. And I said, I know. And I said, here we have a person who's an educator. She's also a teacher at the school there, and she's also a song leader, and she's saying, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, we have all these other people, though, in the church that have all had the shots. So you, you stop and you look at it and you go, you know, where's the conviction fall? And then you have all these other people that have taken the shots. They've got all kinds of side effects and horrible side effects, now, including extreme tiredness and fatigue all of the time. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, blood flow. I mean, you know, I told you my, my buddy at the Porsche dealership, he finally died from the gangrene, the plot clots in his legs. You know, he was bragging about having taken three, three all shots on all the boosters and, you know, all like all within like a couple week period. And I warned him not to do it, but he was already too late. He did it anyhow after I told him not to. And it's just this is the thing that's happening to everybody. You know, and Bill Maher now coming in there with Russell Brand. I've been telling you this for years. Bill Maher comes out with some pretty good stuff every once in a while. I mean, he's supposed to be a really hardcore liberal, and he is. I mean, he really is. But he comes out with some stuff that's pretty moderate. Sometimes it's downright, you know, right wing. So you have to ask yourself a question. He's been given this giant show on HBO. He's got a huge audience. What are his real motives? Who's he really working for? I mean, why does he bring on somebody like Russell Brand who's going to slam State Street and BlackRock, you know, in Vanguard? I mean, what the heck? I mean, how in the world, you know, did he get away with doing that? And so we have the world now being controlled by these monopolistic oligarchic families and, you know, and basically monopoly corporations. And you're 100 percent right, Austin, because they get you to sign off on all your votes and all your voting rights all with their, with their shares that you have. And they decide to do whatever they want to do when they have controlling interests of the companies. And so we have this stuff happening all over the place with the whole world now. And you're right about the storable food supply that you keep stored up. I mean, if you're going to eat the stuff, you might as well get something that's going to be healthy. That's how I look at it. If you don't want to eat healthy food, then – I guess you get the stuff with all the chemicals in it. I guess you can do that, but then how are you going to feel when you're on it? You're going to feel like you're going to feel awful when you do that. You're going to basically say, I, "I don't know what to do here. I'm, I'm sick all the time. I have no energy." And plus, you're 100% right off. So if it's 3,000 calories for a buck, and they say it's a month supply, unless you weigh about 100 pounds and they're very sedentary, a uh, thousand calories a day isn't going to maintain your weight. You got to figure if you want to maintain the weight, it's about a minimum of of you know your ideal body weight times 10. So if, if I'm 180 pounds and I want to maintain my body weight, I have to maintain at least 1,800 calories a day, and that's if I'm not real active. You know, if I'm out, you know, running point or digging ditches or whatever, it's gonna be a whole lot more calories than that. So be very, very careful when you when you find these food products that make all these claims, because some of it's not true. You see a, you know, you see a, a, a you know, a, you know, a thing of food is piled up, it's a few thousand dollars, and it says enough food to feed a family of four for for a year, and you go. How many calories is it? But they don't come and tell you that. And so it's a very strange situation when you start getting into storable foods and, and what they can do. By the way, 
this is an article from Gatestone Institute. It says, Biden's executive order nightmare, the government will track every dime you spend under this new digital currency and any transfer of funds to family, friends, charities. This is a Chinese credit score, by the way. Our clients will be able to be tracked by the nation's central bank that issued the virtual money. Big Brother will be in your wallet every hour of every day, or you will not be able to buy a stick of gum without a Federal Reserve computer knowing where and when and to whom he bought down the gum from. You should be rightly concerned about inflation and energy independence, aggressor nations armed with nuclear weapons, and woke public policies that denigrate the very foundation of this great country. But these are jabs compared to the enormous destructive power of digital currency option that has been slipped into Executive Order 14067. Wow. I mean, you know, and it goes on to say that, you know, this, in fact, this order includes language that allows the Federal Reserve System to explore the possibility of introducing digital currency to the United States. This means that your cash becomes so much colored paper that would not be the only catastrophic impact on our society and nation's economy under this new digital currency. Any transfer of funds, any family, friends or charities or clients would be tracked by everything that's by, 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 by tracked by the central bank that issued the virtual money. Big Brother will be in your wallet every day of every minute, every second of your life. And you think, well, people say, well, it doesn't you know, implement – the apologists for the White House insist that the executive order does not implement digital currency or give Washington the power to control it. Assuming that's true, what it does accomplish is to introduce the possibility of even considering a currency move so radical, so profound, and so disruptive that it makes George Orwell's 1984 nightmare novel a day in the park. So think through it for, again for the for the bankers. The bankers are always the ones that are involved in this. And, and a few weeks ago, I had a guest on, and uh, he was talking about how great Putin was. And, and, and I've said that I agree with some of the stuff that Putin says. I understand that Putin is doing the best he can. It seems to be to basically avoid, you know, having the entire, you know, world, you know, dominate Russia, and he's trying to maintain the the Russian Orthodox Church. And now that, that's what it appears to be on the on the opening. But I said this to my guest, and he said it was 100 years ago, but it hasn't changed. Russia has a c- controlled currency that's controlled by the Rothschild banking cartel, the same group of individuals that did the Russian Revolution control the central bank. When we went into Iraq many years ago, I think it was – I think they sent Wolfowitz over there to set up a central bank with digital – you know, with currency through the Rothschild banking cartel. And I remember it was on NBC News with Tom Brokaw, and he said – and I actually have this written down somewhere with a date. He said for the first time in the history of Iraq, they now have a independent, not government-controlled central bank, and Wolfowitz is putting it in. I thought to myself, well, they'll continue to issue debt-based currency until Iraq is completely and totally indebted to the international banking cartels regardless of the amount of oil they produce. And that's exactly what's happened now. They're continuing to increase their debt load over and over for decades after decades now, and it's not going to change. Same thing they did to the United States. See, this Kabbalist Luciferian group that does this, this isn't their first rodeo. They've been doing this for thousands of years. They were the same ones that we saw at the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. a few months ago when we were there that had the unjust scales. They're the same ones that Jesus put the whip to in the temple, the same group. It's always the same people. It's always these Luciferian, Kabbalist, synagogue of Satan, whackbag, weirdo wannabes that are doing all of this stuff going all the way back to the angel wars, which I'm still working on, by the way. And so this is what we have to understand. And then China, the same thing happened with them. The Rothschild banking cartel went in and funded the Chinese revolution. And now I was watching Fox News on Friday night, which I very rarely do. I was at a friend's house, and Fox News was basically saying, you know, it was – I think Laura Ingram was, I don't care for her at all. Don't get offended. I don't care for pretty much any of the Fox commentators. Just thought I'd mention that. And she was giving out a bunch of half-truths again, and everything was China, 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 China. 
China and Russia. Now China's going to get involved with Russia, you know, in Ukraine and China this and China that and China this and China's running all of the drugs into the United States, which is an absolute fabricated lie. The primary drugs that are being sold in the United States are still coming into the CIA through the you know, 1,000 lily pad bases all over the world, bringing in fentanyl. They were bringing in opiates out of Afghanistan you know, through Turkey and through Germany, but now they've realized that the fentanyl is a lot easier to produce and can produce unlimited quantities of it, and it can kill a lot more people and get a lot more people addicted really, really fast. So it's, it's the CIA running the bulk of the drugs, and what they always have to do is – Put something out like a mouthpiece like you know Fox and say, oh, it's the Chinese bringing in the drugs into the United States. No, it's not. Now, could China be bringing in some drugs? Yes. Could the Mexican drug cartels bring in some drugs? Yes. And when you see that movie, Sicario, which be don't let your kids watch it. It's got some really bad language in it. It's really got some graphic murders in it. It's really rough. But it gives you an idea when the basically the FBI is embedded with the CIA and they're running counterintelligence across the Mexican border and they're basically taking care and actually running the drugs into the United States working with the Mexican drug cartels. It shows it right in the movie if you want to watch the movie. And it said basically the drugs are going to be used anyhow. We might as well be on the end of profits from it and we can control the distribution because we control the cartels. And this was all set up through Operation Gladio and Operation Condor back in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s after World War II was over with when the CIA was talked to Chiang Kai-shek, and they realized he was funding a million-man army by selling opiate to the masses, to the peasants. And they decided to do the exact same thing, and that's what they've done. And this is the group that continues to run the planet through the Vatican, the mafia, the CIA, and the bankers and the Kabbalist Luciferians who own the controlling interests of BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. That's why our stock market hasn't completely collapsed because of their ownership. They have circular ownership. They each buy each other's stocks constantly, and that's keeping the whole market afloat. You know, And that's why it hasn't collapsed way back down to five or 6,000 again because these guys control it all. They just keep buying each other's shares. And so this is the problem that we've run into, that China is now being pushed as the primary person that's doing all of this stuff. And this article came out. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a podcast that came out. And they're saying that Chinese leaders are admitting they control the U.S. Congress. I mean, surprise, surprise. I mean, they do that through Epstein and through the rest of them. Remember, China is controlled by the Rothschilds again. Always remember that. Central Bank of China is Rothschild-owned. And he goes on to say this is an important discussion that puts the corruption and insanity we've been seeing in the government and broader perspective. Although most Americans are unaware of this, we are living in the final stages of the communists. Again, this is the Russian Communist Revolution, the Chinese Communist Revolution, the Frankfurt School. This is their long march to our institutions. Communists have been in high levels of our government for over 100 years. From Alger to Hiss to Leon Panetta to John Brennan to Barack Obama, the State Department, the CIA, and the Department of Defense, they're crawling with communists who have trained for decades at overthrowing governments all over the world. And now they're using all of their finely honed skills to overthrow the United States. And what is communism exactly? They've claimed that they were about uplifting the working man, but as we've seen over and over, that's not what they're about. They're about destroying whatever power structures in place, stealing the assets and distributing those assets of their own new central-controlled elite, just centralizing power, institutionizing totalitarianism, and always committing mass genocide. And this is what's happening right now with the blaming in China on everything. The communists have been here for 100 years. It ain't China. It's the communists. It's our Congress. It's the, it's the dual citizens from other countries that are in Congress and in the Senate. It's the guys who don't have the best interests of the United States at heart. It's the media that's completely communist-controlled by the same groups of bankers that have done all of this stuff. It's always the same people that do all of this stuff, and if we don't understand that, 
we're going to be in a situation that constantly causes us conflict internally by not realizing who's doing this. This is the International Kabbalist Luciferian Network. It is the same group that took down Building 7. It's the same group that did 9-11. It's the same group that did the Pentagon. It's the same group that started World War I, World War II, and fomented our civil war. It's the same group. It's always the same group that's done this to the United States, and they're going to continue to do this. And until we see who they are and understand who's at the center of the nexus, it doesn't make any sense. The same group that is pushing the transgender agenda, agenda. They're the same group that's causing all these Fox TV shows to come on and blame it all on China, blame it all on Russia. They're the same group that's trying to foment a global conflict with these other countries. But notice, we haven't gone to world war. I don't think that's going to happen. We're not going to have a nuclear war no matter what because the powers that be won't allow that to happen because they don't want their infrastructure going down. But what they're trying to do is justify all of the things that they've done through the kill shot. The same group did the kill shot too, by the way. It's always the same people to, to bring down the population of the planet because they're overlords in these other dimensions apparently want this population culled back down. And, and it's crazy to me that we see this and we understand how it happens and what they're doing and who controls it, and nobody wants to take a look at it. It's the money that makes the world go around. If you don't have the central banks controlling all of this stuff through the Bank of International Settlements, Settlements, through the World Economic Forum and all the rest of it, out of Basel, Switzerland, all the rest of these clowns that are doing all this stuff, these central banks out of England, you don't have the money flow to pay for this stuff. You don't have the money flow to pay for these deep underground military bases. You don't have the, the money flow to build our space force, whatever that's supposed to be. You don't have the money support to basically control all these corporations. It's the same people who control the money. And once you see it and understand it, it starts making more sense. They control the programming of what you see. Remember on the old TV show, I think it was The Outer Limits. I could have been The Twilight Zone. I don't remember. It says that you know we're taking control of your TV. We're taking control of your volume. We're taking control of everything that you see because now you're going into The Outer Limits. And see, that's what we have here. We have an outer limits of reality that's being pushed on us because these fallen angels who run the planet – just thought I'd mention that again – are continuing to do what they've done for thousands and thousands of years – to promote their agenda of destroying God and destroying his creation. So we're kind of like in a proving ground, so to speak, of what we can do and what we can't do. And God's here to be with us, and he's got our back. And as long as we understand that and that we realize that prayer changes things, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and that you know this is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and we will be glad and all the rest of it, we can understand very, very quickly that this is a really – interesting time to be alive if you're not energized right now but with everything that you're seeing and everything that's going on you're not awake I mean, you know we've got to be standing firm and we've got to be putting on the full armor of god and we've got to be digging in and standing ground right now like i talked about in the church yesterday i said you know you know, you know to, that, to that to that choir director i said we've got to understand that you know we've got to tell the people the truth about what's happening with these covid shots people don't continue to take these things and she goes well i just listened to a lot of really smart people tell me not to do it the point is this if we don't pay attention to what's happening around us, this group of Kabbalist Luciferians, synagogue of Satan's transgender wannabes, is going to take – are they going to take complete control of the United States and the whole world? And then we're going to have the book of Revelation kick in, which is, is probably getting real close to, by the way, with you guys, anyhow, as far as the seals being broken. And all of these things start falling because remember, it happened once before with the angel wars when the planet was flooded, before time began, before our collective time began with Adam and Eve. Before God's spirit was hovering over the waters of the deep. It happened before that. We're going to go into detail with that in a few weeks. But it also happened with Noah. It also happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, God has a certain – I guess you should say this. He's got a certain string when you pull it on him, just to use a metaphor, that makes him really mad really fast. And the problem is when the creator of the universe gets really upset about things, he has a tendency to do stuff about it. And he's kind of like watching this, I guess, from his uh, – 
you know, his heavenly kingdom right now, wondering, I guess, and he does know when he's going to pull the string and you know put an end to this nonsense because he's on the present. But the reality is he's kind of letting things play out because we have freedom of will down here. But we have to have the ability and the want to to tell the people the truth about who we are, who Jesus is, and what we can do through Christ. Very, very, very important. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? That's well said, and this is why they're continually trying to control the narrative on every single facet of what you hear. I mean, like Russell Brandt said, why in the world do you have commentators on the news telling people that the shot was perfectly safe and that you weren't going to get COVID when you got the shot? And we know now that was a 100% fabricated lie that Pfizer even admitted had no faction of truth to it. So if that's the case and we know we're being lied to on a regular basis, then it is our duty to pull out the truth and find out what we really need to find of what's really happening behind the scenes. For example, I mean they're, they're building up this, this new World War III, but it's going to be completely different than what we ever thought or we, we've seen in the past. What they're doing with Russia right now and what they're doing with Ukraine and Ukraine being essentially one of the biggest money laundering schemes that we've ever witnessed at the same time now. I saw a video over there in Poland of literally probably close to a thousand plus armor personnel carriers, tanks, Abrams. I mean all kinds of crazy stuff, vehicle uh, troop transport over there at the Polish port. And, you know, where those are going, I'm pretty easy to figure out. I mean, I'm not over there. I saw the drone footage, but I mean, it's quite frankly, pretty easy to figure out where we're sending, you know, hundreds and hundreds of Abrams tanks. Now we have France that has now stated that they are going to send uh, Ukraine fighter jets. Now, the entire aspect of this is kind of ironic because, A, Russia or Ukraine does not have any type of significant air force in order to operate the French fighter jets, period. Next, they do not have the infrastructure to maintain and upkeep these fighter jets. So the only individuals that are going to be able to keep these things operational and running and flying them in any feasible amount of time is going to be other individual NATO countries, including France. So what we're seeing here is now this buildup in order to make Ukraine and Russia into this war that it never was. You know, if at the very most, it was a conflict and a skirmish that was going on since 2014. Now, ironically enough, I saw an article that popped up, and I wanted to bring this up here because I did not know this at all, and I found out more about it. And 2014 is when officially when Ukraine and Russia officially started to have a severe conflict. In 2014, Ukraine rolled out its first digital transformation program. And it kicked into high gear in 2020 when COVID was unleashed, ironically, and is now almost complete thanks to the war, the funding, the infrastructure, and the personnel that have been working on it now. It's also needed a lot of help from Elon Musk, who provided the satellites to connect Ukrainian people to the Internet and the adoption of the DIA app, D-I-I-A. You can look it up. While everybody has been worried about CBDCs, the central bank-controlled you know, central currency, a digital currency, and a loss of privacy in your economic system, Ukraine has already developed a digital transformation of society that is now the example worldwide of how governments can track all of its citizens even without central bank digital currency. Now, what's interesting about this, if you pull up gov.ua on the government portal and you start digging into what is working with Google, was working with Ukraine, you'll find that one of the parts of it on the government portal on the official website, it says Google services. This is Ukraine. This official Ukrainian statement, Google services have become our infrastructure. 
The tools provided by the company allowed the government to function quickly and efficiently despite the shelling and constant threats of cyber attacks. In addition, Google ensures protection and security of Ukrainians' data and promotes development of our entrepreneurs. On the other hand, the company pays great attention to human capital. In particular, it supports the initiative of DIA, the Digital Education Project, D-I-I-A. We are grateful to the company for such a position and support of Ukraine. That was stated by uh, Mikhailo Fordova with the Ukrainian government. Now, it's interesting. This has been going on for nine years now. Ukraine is more than likely being modeled as a country how to make a complete digital transformation of society. It's powered by all American big tech companies. Well, Google services now providing, covering, working, and pretty much supporting the entire Ukrainian infrastructure. Zelensky now has also made statements that he wants to have the next election via an app. Thanks to redacted news and their incredible report on the Ukrainian digital transformation, which brings a light, what we can see so far is a digital ID system is now ready to be sold and implemented in other countries, and it essentially was tested in Ukraine repeatedly now over the last decade. Now, what's interesting about this is this is why I've said before there's been something very odd about the Ukrainian-Russia conflict in the fact that Ukraine is smaller than the state of Texas, and this has been ongoing now for an entire year. But allegedly, Russia has been shelling and hammering and hitting an airstrike and all these things on Ukraine, yet for some odd reason, it can't seem to take the country over that's smaller than the state of Texas when, quite frankly, the level of military buildup, infrastructure, and weapon technology that Russia had over Ukraine, they could have easily gone into Ukraine in three to four or five weeks and pretty much completely taken over that country, period, if they did an invasion the way they were. However, they didn't. And a lot of people have asked that question. Why is this turning out to be this long, drawn-out theater? And then you have the photos of uh, the bumbling buffoon, the alleged president of the United States, taking this secret train trip to Ukraine. And then there's with all limited security detail. And remember, just a week before they said this, Kiev was allegedly getting shelled relentlessly by Russian mortars and Russian long-range. But suddenly – Russia, Biden's walking around out in clear air, walking around downtown streets in Kiev with Zelensky. They're taking all these photos, and they're hanging out, and they're hugging and embracing, acting like two little gay boys and walking all around. And you notice there's no rubble. There's nothing going on. But suddenly, suddenly, air sirens, air raid sirens go off when as soon as Biden gets there, they cue it, literally like you're watching a movie. And then they're walking around. Oh, okay. I'm looking at everything. Oh, everything's okay here. It's still okay. Oh, the air sirens are going off. Oh, okay. We're going to walk around. The whole thing was pure theater. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if, if Biden actually even went to Ukraine. The amount of theater that we have to do now, I mean, you can see some of the current movies that are out with the CGI and the technology they have for computer generation is insane how real they can make stuff now. And the deep fake where they can make people's faces have talk and sound and people walking around, and you literally can't tell from watching it if it's real or fake. All that technology is very real, very abundant, and very heavily used all of the time in the deep state. And so when you start hearing this stuff and you start seeing all this theater and all this buildup and all this rhetoric, and then, oh, this world war and the nuclear war, first off, put it this way, you're not going to have any type of nuclear exchange with Ukraine if Google is the main infrastructure. Google's not going to have their entire 5G system get bombed, the EMP, and everything goes black in Ukraine, which, by the way, Russia could have already done in one day. They could have sent an EMP attack. 
attack and not even nuke the country, and they could have EMP'd the entire country in one day, and everything would have gone completely dark. No infrastructure, no comms, no nothing. By the way, that technology is old school, and it's very effective with EMP strikes. So you have to look back and say, okay, I'm not going to allow my mind to be clouded by blatant downright propaganda lies, and I'm going to focus on what I can work on here currently. Because if you get too wrapped up in a lot of this foreign stuff, which I know a lot of people do, and they're constantly posting these articles, oh, ne- next week, we're, we're, we're have another nu- nuclear attack that's going to happen. It's going to be a nuclear attack. It's going to happen. I'm like, bro, you've been saying that for a year. Secondly, I've said this before. If we were planning on doing EMP exchanges and nuclear exchanges with other countries, why in the world did we spend $2.7 trillion over the last four years building 5G up all across the country? Just question to everyone. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. If EMPs black out the entire country intentionally, there's no television. There's no internet. There's no propaganda outlets for people to be focused on. People would actually have to come to the realization that the government is not here to protect you. They're here to control you. Now, could there be an event that they do that's completely controlled and they tell us it's one thing and it's not and it's something completely else so they can continue to push the narrative? Oh, absolutely. I don't have one bit of question whatsoever that I think there very well may be some type of alleged false flag, alleged nuclear strike or EMP strike that allows them to go in and control the narrative or shut the power off for a few days or shut the internet off or shut off what they need to shut off. Oh, son, uh, EMP's taking all the power out, but 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 we still have the ability to communicate with you via your 5G phones that are being powered up now. We can, we can handle that That's because we, we hardened the 5G system. Okay, really? I don't even believe you believe that. That's what they are working to do, in my opinion, is a false flag that they can blame. I've watched that Jason Statham movie that came out the other day, and Lane uh, was a bit rough in it, but what was interesting about it, the entire premise of the film, and a lot, a lot of stuff behind the scenes that they were telling you that they weren't trying to blatantly tell you, but they were. And the whole premise of the film was these billionaire tech and arms dealers that were trying to purchase this AI system that was one of the most advanced AI platforms ever created that could go in and disrupt the entire world banking system and then point the finger at the alleged perpetrator as the false flag that never did anything, and that was the country that did it and completely scrubbed its tracks and that nobody could figure out who it really was because the person that basically the country that was blamed for, it was impossible to distinguish. And that these bankers and these investment guys and these billionaires were going in and buying huge, huge swaths of physical gold. This we're talking about in the movie, bought up over $20 billion in physical gold because they were going to use this AI system to drop the entire financial system, even for a few days or a few hours. But to create so much distrust, everybody pulls all their money out of the banks, and they can't because of everything basically completely and totally restricted. And then everybody switches and transitions back to gold, which has been used for monetary systems for years and years and years, watching the price of gold rise exponentially while they bring in a new world digital currency that is controlled centrally. That was like the premise of what they were working on in this movie, and I'm sitting there like – Oh, yeah, that's that's about right. And what's happened is now a lot of people don't realize, especially in the financial realm, people go, oh, it's FDIC insured. It's FDIC insured. It's no risk, this and that. There's from the FDIC's own numbers. And this is what I want to remind people of right now. 
The FDIC has 4,780 bank savings and loans businesses that are FDIC insured. The insured institutions in total have $23.8 trillion in assets. $18.3 trillion of those assets are deposits. Only 9.9 of those 18.1 are actually FDIC insured. So there's only $9.9 trillion out of the 18.1 that's actually insured by the FDIC. The rest falls above the $250,000 threshold for the insurance. So you have trillions of dollars in deposits and liquidity that has essentially no insurance on it. Well, here's the crazy part. The $9.9 trillion of insured funds who covers that by the FDIC, that is covered by the DIF, the Deposit Insurance Fund. Well, per the FDIC's own numbers, there is only $124.4 billion in actual cash for the FDIC reports that they have in this fund. The rest have to be extracted from other sources in order to in order to cover the insurance spread if there was an issue, which means only 1.26 of the money that is actually insured, only 1.26% of the money that is insured by the FDIC actually has existing liquid capital to pay back. That's it. The rest of it has to be extracted from other areas and other accounts and other assets, meaning – Bank bail-ins, essentially, to cover the spread if they have to. This is why you guys remember Greece came within days in 2015 of having accounts over 8,000 euros trimmed by 30%. Bank of Portugal funded bail-ins of senior bondholders with deposits in 2016. You guys remember when Cyprus raided all accounts overnight in 2012. Depositors over $100,000 in euros faced a one-time 9.9% tax, 10,000 euros right off the rip. Oh, that's I'm sorry, guys. We just, we just got to trim a little off the top, a little haircut here. Got to make sure everything stays you know, liquid. Take $10,000 out of your $100,000 account. This isn't new. This isn't some crazy idea. And there's actually a video that surfaced a while back ago on YouTube, and it's called a webcast from November 9, 2022, FDIC Systematic Revolution a Resolution Advisory Committee. Now, it's interesting about it at the one hour and 46 minute mark. This is from the FDIC video live feed on YouTube from November 9th. They talk about the challenges with a bank run that would occur and the ability to be able to freeze accounts and essentially dip into accounts to bail in on them if they needed to cover certain spreads. This is what I think they're getting ready for next on the next phase of this. But yet it's not going to be blamed on, oh, the banks are bailing us in and they're going in and doing haircuts. They're going to blame it on a cyber attack. That's going to be the easiest, most effective way to draw money out of the accounts and say, listen, Russia just ran a cyber attack on the business accounts. They just ran them on people's accounts. The FDIC cannot fully insure everything. We don't know what to do, but we've got to basically go in now and cover the liquidity, and we've got to stop accounts from being able to withdraw because bank runs are drawing everything out and because of the cyber attack. That's what I personally think they're going to do next to try to do it. That would be the easiest, most effective way to control the narrative at the same time. They go in and throw in some type of other crazy alleged pandemic out on the table because remember, Bill Gates already did a catastrophic contagion back what six months ago, four months ago, where they did an exercise where 15 million children died worldwide of a respiratory failure. That was in October 2022 with a round exercise organized by the World Health Organization. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation simulated the release of an endovirus that specifically targeted children. That was October 2022. You can look it up. I talked about it in detail. And then all these children started dropping dead suddenly from this upper respiratory virus. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? 
Now we're watching six-month-olds and up be injected with RNA gene therapy, now saying that the COVID booster, the booster shot, has now been approved for six-month-olds and up. The only country in the entire world that has approved that COVID RNA gene therapy shot for anyone over the age of five, or excuse me, anyone under the age of five, is the United States. No other country is that stupid to do it, and no other populace is stupid enough to inject their children with this stuff, except the United States. That's why I encourage you, my friends, get the truth out there and continue to encourage your friends and family. Like Dad was just saying, that friend he talked to over there at church. So I, I got some smart friends. They told me not to get the shot. Be those smart friends. Be those educated friends that encourage other people to tell them, hey, this is probably isn't a good idea, guys. This probably isn't something you want to do. Here's the research. Here's the data. Here's the numbers. Here's the facts. Here's the science, the actual science behind it. And do your own research and ask your own questions because the way things are starting to go, there's going to be a point in time where they're not going to even want to allow you to ask questions about anything anymore. Look at what they did with ivermectin. Look how they eviscerated, literally, literally went in and carpet bombed social media accounts and banned them permanently and shut down accounts because they were talking about using ivermectin, which was improved all the way back in the 80s for parasite infestation and helped out with viruses back then. And yet anybody talk about vitamin C intravenous, oh my gosh, God forbid that. They got eviscerated immediately. That's fake news, fake science. You can't say vitamin C works. Dude, vitamin C's worked forever. Uh, I mean, they've recommended vitamin C supplementation all the way back from the days of scurvy, eating citrus. I mean, <laughs> it's a very, very known vitamin that the body absolutely has to need. It needs. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. So you got to get an RNA gene therapy shot that had three months of testing. That's the only thing that will save you. The lies never stop with these clowns, so that's why we have to be as vocal as they are. We may not have as big a platforms with the mainstream propaganda media, but shows like this and other ones that are really talking the truth combined with millions and millions and millions of listeners like you, my friends, that are listening to these shows and getting the truth out there, that is how we spark truth. That is how we spark debate, and that is how we actually change people's minds into looking at things with critical thinking and say, listen, this is probably the way we need to go, analyzing and saying, OK, maybe I'm not just going to blindly go along with what they're telling me. Maybe I want to ask questions like I mean, like the tennis player. Flat out said, dude, I'm not going to fake passport. I'm not getting the shot. I am not going to compromise it because nobody is going to tell me I have to get an emergency use injection in order to do what I do best in this sport. Not going to do it. I will not comply. If that guy, which I can guarantee you now. That tennis player has probably lost millions of dollars in sponsorship contracts. I guarantee you that. Not playing at the Miami Open and the U.S. Open in the United States, two of the biggest tennis tournaments in the entire world. He's not able to play now because he's not compromising his beliefs. I guarantee you he's taken some serious cuts in his sponsorships and pay. But if that man right there is willing to lose millions of dollars for a conviction, the very least we can do is continue to speak the truth and stand up for what we truly believe and not be quiet. What do you think, Dad? Well, that's what we try to do on our show, Austin. We, we, we're constantly telling the people the truth about what's really happening globally and in the United States. And going back to the Ukraine story that you covered, we don't know what's true in Ukraine. We don't know what's not true in Ukraine. All we know is it's one of the most corrupt countries in the world. You know, and like you said, I mean, Russia could have easily dropped an EMP in there and never even bothered with a nuke and could have just knocked out the infrastructure and knocked out the 5G towers and everything else they have there and 6G towers and all the other telephone towers. They could have taken the country and put it on its knees within days and come in and taken over the country. They could have done that. But they didn't. It's been on for a year now. 
It's like a contrived war. It's just like you're going on and on. It's like Putin's been told, here's what you do. You don't go in to win. You go in just to basically you know, move things around a little bit. We'll tell you what your moves are. I'll tell you what you're going to do. And he's just being compliant. And then, of course, let's bring China into it now because China's going to be involved in Ukraine with, you know, just on and on and on. This is a lot of what happened with Sarajevo in World War One, and, and how it escalated gradually into a world war. It didn't just happen overnight. Had all these people saying different things. Now they've refined it all. They don't want a world war out of Ukraine. They just want to cover up the money laundering scheme and the hundreds of billions of dollars that we've sent over there now. I mean, it's, it's insanity how much money we've sent them already. And they keep wanting more and more and more. But yet, where are the war con- correspondents? Where are the independent journalists, war correspondents that are embedded with the Ukrainian army with basically their war uniforms on, saying press on the top of the uniforms so they don't get shot, that are taking pictures and reporting live from the field, that are independent journalists not bought from paid for by the doggone banks. There you go. Where, where are those guys? There you go. You, know, we, often, we, you don't remember this, but I remember that in the Vietnam War. We had all these independent journalists that were embedded. If you watch that one movie with Mel Gibson, it says we were, we were, we were, young, we were young, young once or whatever it was. We were once young. We were you know, soldiers. We were soldiers, right. It, it basically, what happened is they had these war correspondents that came to that scene after it happened and saw all the bodies, took all the pictures, and were there to testify that it was true. Where are those people? Where are the people? Where are the independent journalists? Well, what happened in the Vietnam War, they put the independent journalists in, and they couldn't control the press. They couldn't control the media because by that time they hadn't consolidated everything yet. The State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock, and the banks didn't own everything. So they were able to actually get news out because they were they were running 50 kilos of heroin in every body bag of every GI, every casket that was coming back over to the United States. Those bodies were sacrosanct, and nobody could touch them. And the CIA was making huge amounts of money with 50 kilos of heroin with every dead GI. And I personally believe they didn't care if that war ever ended or not because they had a way to traffic heroin into the United States. They did take the same hill over again, over and over and over again for absolutely no reason at all. They wouldn't call in airstrikes when they needed to. They had certain boundaries they couldn't cross. All of this because they were growing poppy in Southeast Asia, and the CIA wanted to corner the market with the drugs. And then they moved it to Afghanistan, and suddenly, miraculously, the Vietnam War was over with. I mean, it just never ends. We see this crap repeatedly. And then we realize that you don't, don't even forget what happened in the middle of the Vietnam War when we had the sinking of the U.S. They tried to sink the USS Liberty. You know, you know, off the coast of Egypt to start World War III with the Egyptians. That was Israel doing that. And, you know, it, it's funny. I've got a friend of mine who's a top pilot. He used to fly top jets and top people around the world all the time. Great friend. And he's retired now. He's in administration now. He's not flying anymore. He's lost his medical. But the reality is, is that he told me once he picked up the top Kabbalah leader. He gave me the guy's name. I don't remember what it was in the United States, in the world. He's the number one Kabbalah guy in the world. And he basically picked him up in a private jet. And this guy had all a whole entourage with him of donors and contributors and all this luggage. It was so heavy that my friend couldn't get the plane off the ground properly. He said, he said it's too heavy. We can't take off like this because planes are funny. If they don't have the right amount of weight located properly in the plane, they don't fly right. And so when they fly with smaller jets, you've got to be real careful how you load them. And my friend finally said, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking him. I'm not doing this. Either you're going or the luggage is going, but we're not taking both. He brought chefs with him and entourages with him and food with him. And they couldn't get it on the, on the plane. And so he said the guy was so arrogant and so bad that nobody wanted to fly with him because he was that bad. Well, guess what happened? El Al, airline for Israel, has now said that no pilot has volunteered to fly Netanyahu to Rome. What? None of El Al's pilots have so far volunteered to fly Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his wife Sarah to Rome for an official visit this weekend, according to experts. Of course, one of them will be assigned to do it, by the way. It's going to happen, but the official sign-up didn't happen. And, they, and by the way, Benjamin Netanyahu didn't want to fly on a regular small commercial plane. He wanted to fly a 777 from Egypt 
because I'm sure they have the full reclining. In fact, I know they do the full reclining beds at the front of them. I just think that just is it the arrogance is unbelievable that these guys are like that. And by the way, the way the U.S. has now issued an ultra rare rebuke of Israeli's top minister, repaying it was Republican disgusting. The Biden administration, which is hard for me to believe they did this, this week issued a very rare rebuke directed to U.S. close ally Israel, which receives billions in foreign aid annually following controversial remarks by far-right Israeli finance minister Benzali Shmortrich. State Department spokesperson Ned Price issued statements by said statements by Smotrich were irresponsible, repugnant, and disgusting. Wow. So, so Smith earlier this week called on Israelis to wipe out the Palestinian video the Palestinian 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 village of Hawara on the West Bank town, which we recently saw a wave of settled violence that left at least one Palestinian dead and injured over a hundred others amid a scene of torched homes and cars. And now he wants this entire village wiped out with genocide and publicly announced it. Ask yourself who you're supporting and why you're supporting them and why you think certain people should be given privilege to say anything they want to say, whatever they want to say. It. It's, it's not OK. By the way, most Americans now, according to this other article that I'm reading, have said that the feds were basically instrumental and helped inside the Capitol riot poll. A Rasmussen survey has found that only 18 percent of U.S. voters are convinced that the government played no role in the January the 6th breach. It's not a breach. More than six in 10 Americans believe it's at least somewhat likely that federal government agents helped provoke the January 2021 Capitol riot. Wasn't a riot. A new poll has revealed the results suggest as a protest that the media outlets have largely failed to brand the incident as an insurrection incited by then-President Donald Trump. Was it an insurrection? The poll released this week by Rasmussen Reports shows that among the 61 percent of U.S. voters who think his feds probably helped spur Trump supporters to breach the Capitol, most see the scenario as very likely. Just 37 percent of Americans believe it's unlikely that undercover agents were involved, in fact, rioting, including 18% who say it's not likely at all. Guys, America's waking up. They really are. we got to keep the pressure on. We've got to make people realize that you got to wake up, you've got to help your friends, and you've got to help this country. You've got to pray. You've got to stand firm in the Word of God. You've got to talk to your pastors, and you've got to put on the full armor of God, and you've got to dig in now. It's that time. It's that time to stand your ground and say, no, no more, no more, no more. It's like Russell Brand did the other night on Bill Maher. No more of this. we got to call them out for what they are and who they are. And making people realize that we're making a dent, even the unbelievably stupid liberals and unbelievably stupid conservatives, I can't believe I said that, who believe the lies of the mainstream media are finally starting to question the narrative. Always remember, we have to help them learn how to ask the questions. Austin, what do you think, buddy? You go ahead and finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Oh, you're exactly right. I had a conversation with somebody over the weekend, and they were bringing some stuff up about Trump this and Trump that. And, and I was like, you know what? I, I brought up – first thing I brought up, I said, why didn't Trump – Pardon anybody that was involved in January 6th after he's the one who essentially incited a lot of that. Well, he should have done that. And I said, well, why did he engage and basically give ATF the illegal green light to go in and ban bump fire stocks, which, by the way, has now been overruled by the Fifth Circuit Court. I told you guys last month because it was completely and totally illegal what they did. I've told you before, ATF is not a it is not a congressional branch, not a legislative branch. It doesn't go in and start making laws. It's an enforcement agency. That is it. And they said, well, you know, that was bad. He shouldn't have done that either. But you know, he's he's talking about this and talking about that now. And I said, dude, what do you think he did his entire campaign? I said it was fantastic. I said his first run campaign was fantastic. He brought up the true things that everybody was talking about. I said, why did he bring up stuff about the shots and vaccines and children and autism and children, if you guys remember that, in 2015? said he was going to bring a whole, whole other basically branch together to start investigating autism and vaccines. Once he was elected, I said he never made one single comment about that again. In fact, he did the complete opposite. He signed on Operation Warp Speed as a DOD uh, project. 
to start rolling out an RNA gene therapy shot in conjunction with Pfizer and Moderna. I said that DO did the, the Pentagon and the DARPA was the one who actually worked on RNA technology in 2011, 2012. That they were the ones who started it. That's why I didn't really think about that. I brought stuff about the CFR members. I said, what they've constantly done now is they've constantly put people in front of us. And then they constantly tell you what to think about them, especially when you have these individuals. You have like Trump, you got Zelensky, you got the individuals like Biden. They use them as a tool, as a distraction to keep people focused on stuff instead of actually looking really who's operating behind the scenes. So always do your best to get to the truth. Always stand up for what you believe, my friends. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Got the two-pack special on sale, the Food Bucket Organics right now with the Super E on sales product of the week. Be sure to check out the front page. Uh, GHI Cleanse on sale, Ultimate Toxin Kit on sale, Protection Kit, uh, lots of stuff right now. So be sure to check it out and stay updated. Also, vote for what you want to see win this Wednesday coming up as product of the week. Looks like the vitamin C caps with antioxidants is pulling pretty strong. That's always a really top one. One of the best, if not the best, vitamin C formulas on the market. I dare you, encourage you to continue to look and compare to anything else with quercetin and other bioflavonoids and other all types of good nutrients in that product. Very, very good. Great for the immune system. Loaded with antioxidants and vitamin C. Healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, my friends. And we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.